Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. Um, It's good to be here. It's good to be with you. Good to see your faces, sort of. Um, We are so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you made it to church on this Sunday. Um, You are, if you're new here in good company. These are awesome people. This is an awesome church. Um, And whether you are here for the first time or whether it's your first time, second time or been here since the start, um, I do believe that you are not here by accident. Um, I believe that you're here because God sees you, He hears you, He understands you um, and He wants to speak to you personally tonight. So if you've never had the opportunity to know who God is, um, it's exciting that you're here tonight, right? My prayer for you um, is that you get to experience firsthand His goodness his mercy, his joy, um, and just how much he loves you. So it's a good day to be at church. So welcome. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause for being at church today. So good, so good. Um, For those who I've never met before, um, I've just been introduced, but I'll introduce myself again. My name is Ash, um, and along with my husband, Jaden, we are the campus pastors of this incredible church. Um, We love it. We love serving you, serving with you. It's an absolute honor. Um, We serve under our senior pastors, Pastor Schaaf and Jess Williams, who lead our Albany campus. So we have two campuses. Hi, Connor. Hi, Connor. That's so cool. Nice to see. Sorry. Um, He's one of, anyway, Alpha Cruces. Woo. Um, (laughs) um, We have two campuses, yes. So if you're ever down in Albany on a little holiday, um, go say hi. I'm sure they would love to get to know you. Um, We are one happy family, so it's really nice when we get to see each other for the living across the whole other side of the world sort of thing. Um, So it's good. Well, I have the privilege um, to speak into something that I've been reflecting on for the last couple of weeks. Um, something that has many avenues to go down, many sermons or conversations to be had about this topic, but I thought I would just focus on one tonight, so we're just here for an hour instead of 12, Um, so that'll be good. So I'd love to chat about God's character. So exciting. What part of it looks like and what he's asked of us within that as his children, as children of God. How we can grow into the likeness of God through focusing on the fruits of the Spirit. Is that cool? Is that good? Awesome. Um, But but before we get into it, let's just um, take a moment to pray because that is the most important thing. So why don't you just um, close your eyes with me as I pray. Holy Spirit, we just invite you in right now, Father. Would you rest upon um, every person that is within this room, Lord? I just pray that it is not my own words, but it is you um, that's speaking tonight, Father. And I just pray, um, would we be open and transparent and humble with our hearts tonight, Father, as as you um, come in and we just allow you to do your transformative work um, that you so well do. Um, And Lord, we just give you all the time and the glory in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I have come to realize that I have a problem. Um, I have a few, (laughs) Um, but I'm just going to focus on one tonight because that's been recently highlighted to me um, as, (laughs) not by Jaden, but I figured it out by myself, um, so that's good. Um, I recently figured it out on holidays. We went up to Exmouth um, for a few um, days. I had a lot of time to just sit, do nothing, had 10 days to be exact. Um, I thought it would be easy for me, but it turns out I'm not really good at it. Um, I found, if anyone knows me, 
um, you don't have to know me well, you just have to know me. You know that I'm an organised person. I like schedules, I like things in order, love things in line. And I found myself that uh, just having to sort of stick to a schedule, like a rest schedule. Like I have to fit stuff into my rest schedule and make sure it's all ticked off. Isn't that a problem? That's so weird. I feel like does, no one else has that problem. Oh, Hannah, oh no. It runs in the family. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, gee whiz. Um, it got to day five of our holiday and I still wasn't able to rest, right? So I said to Jaden, man, like, I, I can't rest on this holiday. It's not restful. I don't know what's happening. Uh, I just feel like I'm parenting in a different location. Like, why doesn't this feel restful, right? And Jaden, being the sweetest husband ever, just says uh, to me, just be patient. You know, it'll come. Just have patience. <laughs> no worries. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Do, like, I'm, I'm sure you know who you married, right? <laughs> like, I'm not a patient person. That doesn't, doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not a patient woman. Um, but, but, but by day seven, it hit me, hey. I was like, whoa, I could just stay here forever like this is is this what it feels like to rest do some people feel like this all the time like this is incredible I was live laugh loving my life it was so good I was breezing my way through oh so funny but um I really recommend it 10 out of 10 relaxing just like a little bit it's really good for you um but, but I came to know about myself that I'm really not a patient person like I find I get frustrated so much easier now uh, than I used to having to wait for things like Coffee. Let's take coffee, for example, Jared. Coffee's a barista. Coffee's a barista. Jaden's a barista. Um, Jared, oh my goodness. What's going on? Anyway, um, coffee. I find that sounds, I've put it in my message, but now I feel really like a bad person that I wrote it in there. But I'm just going to say it anyway, because maybe someone relates to me and then I won't feel so bad. So... If I don't, like, if I order a coffee and within five minutes it's not, like, tamped, like, steamed the milk and put into my hand, then I'm, I'm deep down in my soul, I'm ready to leave a bad Google review. Like, is that, <laughs> is that, does anyone else feel like that? Come on, I cannot be a bad person. Oh, gee whiz. Um, but <laughs> it's almost like we don't have to learn patience anymore, right? Because we live in such an instant world. Like we, we get everything now all the time done, like it's ours. Like we don't have to learn patience. Um, and we don't need to learn things like kindness because, you know, we'll never see those people again. Um, or we don't need to love because we're going through a lot right now and we just need to kind of focus on ourselves. Like how many of those scenarios sort of resonate with anyone here tonight? There will always be a bucket load of excuses that we can use to point to me, me, me all the time. And I, for one, have experienced a lot of them. The more you'll get to know me, the more, the more you'll realise that. Um, but I wanted something to change, right? So when I came back um, from holidays, I came back with a new mission. My mission was to be more patient, to relax more, to just slow down, be present, learn how to love a bit better, right? Well, I got one week in. <laughs> and I was very ready to like start leaving bad Google reviews again. I'm like, what? What the heck is wrong with me? Like, surely this can't be the natural thought process of a human. Like, that can't be what's designed for us from God. And I found it was just hard. It was hard to stick to changing a habit, right? So I thought, okay, God, clearly I cannot do this by myself. Like, I've tried it. It's not working. It's not for me. So I'm going to need a little bit of help here, right? What does your word say about this? How the heck am I supposed to learn this, right? 
And he brought me to Galatians 5, to 23, which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Which is the title of my message tonight, if you're taking notes, is In Step With the Spirit. And that line, keep in step with the Spirit, really grabbed me. Like it really grabbed me. So I had to sit on it for a while and just allowing the questions to sort of simmer and sit at the forefront of my mind. What does it mean to keep in step with the Spirit? What does it look like? How can we do that effectively? What do we have to take on board and what do we have to give up as well? And I found that to keep in step with the Spirit means to walk behind a leader. How cool is that? To be led by the leader. I think that's really cool because when you dig even deeper, everything seems to be linked. Because the word disciple, which is what we are invited into when we become, when we welcome Jesus into our hearts. Disciple means someone who follows for the purpose of learning, right? So disciple can actually be translated as an apprentice. We are apprentices of Jesus. And if you find the meaning of apprentice, it means to walk behind. How cool is that? It's all linked. It's so cool. I love God's word. So to keep in step with the spirit means to walk behind the leader as an apprentice, as someone who follows for the purpose of living, um, of learning. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. And as people who are living by the spirit, we are called to keep in step with the spirit. We are called to walk behind the leader, the Spirit, keep um, learning from Him, watching, waiting, praying, listening, shaping our lives around the character of the Spirit. But because we are human, right, because we are human, it can be hard to walk behind a leader because we are so used and good at to leading ourselves, right? Like we're, we're so comfortable leading ourselves. We're used to it. We've done it for our whole lives. We're good at it. So it can be hard to shift our focus from leading self to letting God lead, yeah? One thing that I found that helped me in learning to let God lead me, which wasn't very long ago, <laughs> was to learn more about myself and my human nature and what God says about that. So I could find more about me and my human nature, coincidentally, in a few verses up in Galatians 5, 16 to 17 which says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. See, flesh actually just means fallen sinful desires that directly oppose God's will and purpose for us or things that act in contrary to God's moral laws and character, right? So for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, but the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. And the desires of the flesh, as Jaden was speaking about last week, um, can be explained in Galatians 19.20, things as, such as sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, witchcraft, jealousy, fits of anger, causing division and rivalries, things like that. See, if you're living by these things, then you cannot effectively live by the Spirit because the Spirit and the flesh are in opposition to each other, right? They're complete opposites which means to accept one, spirit or flesh, means to reject the other. They cannot coexist. So I reflected on the way I was living my life and I asked God, God, you know, am I living by your spirit, by your fruits, or am I gratifying the desires of the flesh? 
And what I found is, sure, for some, you know, I was doing all right, but for others, not so much. <laughs> um, I wasn't walking behind the leader, right? I was out in front waiting for him to catch up and wondering why, you know, why is everything getting so hard all the time? See, the fruit is always evident, whether it is good fruit or bad fruit, right? It will always be seen eventually. But the way we know we are on track to keeping this in step with the Spirit is this. When the fruit of the Spirit become evident in our lives, that's how we know we are keeping in step with the Spirit. See, when we are apart from the Spirit, the fruit we experience in our lives is only temporary, right? It can't last because it's out of our own strength. It's our own fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is of the Spirit, right? It can't come naturally. It can't come by our own efforts, our own striving, our own natural ways. It can only come through the Spirit. Isn't that cool? I think that's really cool, a little Bible study together. <laughs> so now that we know um, what keeping in step with the Spirit means, we've covered that base, we tick it off, um, how do we do it? Like, how do we live in keeping step with the Spirit? How do we shift our focus from living life out of our own knowledge and our own habits to letting the Spirit lead us? So I've sifted it down to three simple answers for you, Abe. <laughs> Some powerful points um, for us to take into our lives, into our spheres, into our workplace, home, family, whatever it is, and put into practice. Um, and you may have heard these before. You may even know them as core values um, of Ocean's Church. But if I'm honest, they have a reputation of being overlooked and underrated, right? So I'm here to change that tonight because I wholly am wholly convinced that if we take these simple things and apply them with open and transparent and sincere hearts, we will see the fruit of the Spirit begin to grow in our lives. There's, there's a byproduct of these things. When we allow these things um, to, when we put into practice these things, the fruit of the Spirit is the byproduct, right? It comes naturally into your lives. So should we do it? Sounds good. Let's do it. Number one is get behind Jesus. Get behind Jesus. Get behind the leader. So good. Uh, we have a one-year-old daughter, as you may have noticed um, earlier, that she's quite loud. Um, <laughs> and anyone that has children uh, knows that children need to be led. Like, they cannot be left to their own devices, right? They need to be taught what's right from wrong, what's left or right, you know, what will hurt them or what will be good for them. Because they don't know any better. They're children, right? Why would they know any better? And um, our daughter, Nariah, is incredibly cheeky, as most of you know. Uh, she's the kid that will look at you dead in the eye and slowly touch the very thing you just told her not to touch, like five times. She loves it. She thinks it's the funniest thing. Um, but she doesn't know, you know, that the things that we tell her not to touch are things that will cause her harm, like a knife, a power cord, a hot coffee. Like, she doesn't know that what we're saying is for her benefit, right? She doesn't know that. She's one. She's a child. She just knows that mum and dad said, don't do that, so that's on my to-do list today. Like, that's all she knows, right? But as parents, our job is to walk ahead of our children, yeah? To guide them into greater fruitfulness, to help them learn which path to take, to know the good from the bad. And it's the same for us as children of God. We need to be led by our Father. We need to let Him lead too. He knows what's best for us. He knows right from wrong. He wants to guide us on the right path to greater fruitfulness. He has the best in store for us, better than any path we could have dreamt up on our own terms, right? 
but we have to trust that our Father is leading us. We can't, we have to get behind the leader. See, Peter forgot he was supposed to be behind Jesus in Matthew 16, 23. When he heard that Jesus was going to Jerusalem to be killed, he tried to stop him. He started to rebuke Jesus, right? He, he was saying, no, Jesus, this will never happen to you. This can't happen to you. And Jesus replies, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. First of all, wouldn't that just absolutely sting to be called Satan by Jesus? Like, I would be out of there, like, 10 seconds flat. Like, not for me. Don't want to be on that boat. No way. Um, <laughs> but Jesus uh, wasn't calling Peter Satan, as in the devil. Satan wasn't a, n- a name in this instance. It was actually um, a verb that means to obstruct or oppose. See, Peter wasn't behind Jesus, rather in front of Jesus. He was directly obstructing and opposing the purpose that Jesus had been given from God. He was in, way, in the way of Jesus' calling. He had set his mind on the things of man, death, fear, and rivalry, instead of setting his mind on the things of God, which is gentleness, purpose, love, joy. He started walking in front instead of walking behind. He forgot he was apprenticing to be behind Jesus, the Spirit, the Father, and the leader. I want to ask us all a question, myself included, tonight. Are you walking behind Jesus or are you in front of him? Are you walking behind Jesus or are you in front of him? Are you out ahead waiting for him to catch up? Like I have been so many times. But are you, are you, instead, are you going to come under the grace of God and allow him to lead? When we lean into the Spirit, He not only guides us, but He gives us the strength to obey. Trying to follow the Spirit without being submitted to the Spirit cannot work because it is actually by the strength and grace of God that we become like Him, right? It's not just something that we can do on our own terms, right? We can't do it in our own strength. It is by the strength and the grace of God. We can't, it's not something that we can do without letting Him lead, We are to apprentice behind Jesus. We weren't designed to walk ahead of him. When we walk behind Jesus, it's quite hard to move fast, right? Jesus doesn't move fast. He doesn't move fast. He's patient. He's patient. See, all through the Gospels, Jesus moved slowly from place to place. He spent time with people. He wasn't in a rush. He wasn't in a hurry. He was doing the will of God, not in a rush. He took his time. And when we move slowly like Jesus, it's easier to reflect. It's easier to listen. It's easier to obey. It's harder to be um, rushed by the flesh, right? The flesh always has a sense of urgency. And Jesus is the direct opposite of that. He's not hurried. He's not in a rush. He's patient. And I think that's why the word in keep in step with the Spirit is so cool um, and so carefully chosen because if we are to walk behind a leader, it's, a, it's implying that it's an ongoing pattern of living, right? It's not a destination, rather a continual habit to be learnt over time. It's not in a rush. And if I, f- I feel like it also takes the pressure off as well of having to like be really like good and like get it all together before we can follow Jesus. You know how you sometimes get that feeling? It takes all the pressure off that. It's like, no, Jesus just wants you to follow him. He wants you to be, be slow and, and patient and abide and listen to him. He wants you to walk behind him. He wants you to slowly over time draw closer to him and as we become more like him. 
Is that good? One of the best ways we can, um, the best things we can do to keep in step is to get behind Jesus. Number two is get into the Word. Being in step with the Spirit requires us knowing who the Spirit is. It requires us knowing who Jesus is, right? It's really hard to know who Jesus is, what the voice of God sounds like, who you're praying to, or the character of the Spirit if you do not read the Bible. It's all there. The Bible is the living Word of God. It's the very breath of God, as it says in 2 Timothy 3.16. It actually has the ability to reveal itself to us, not just in, it's not just words, it's actually the Holy Spirit speaking directly to us. The Bible is where you discover who Jesus is. You don't know who Jesus is, you're finding it a hard time to sort of connect with Jesus, read the Gospels. If you want to um, learn how to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, read the Gospels. It's where you learn about Jesus' character, right, who he is. And you can't help but want to live like that. He's so cool. Like, he's just a really cool guy. But it's hard to know how to live a certain way when we don't know anything about that certain way, Right? or if we haven't even had the revelation for ourselves. See, we can't live off of other people's practices. You cannot live off of my Bible time. You can't live off my Bible time, just as I can't live off your Bible time, right? It's a personal, inward transformation that can only come by the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And one of the most tangible ways he does this is through the Bible, Hebrews 4.12 says, for the, God, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Whew. The word of God is the antidote to living in the flesh. And as we read and the Holy Spirit reveals himself to us, our souls are impacted. The flesh is exposed as the spirit speaks. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And I'm a living testament to being transformed by the word. If you knew me four years ago, um, you'd know how completely different I am today. Gemma can attest to that. We used to be roommates, <laughs> dear Lord, um, for <laughs> about half a year. So uh, she can testify to how frustrating I was back then. Um, but the difference between me then and now can be traced to being transformed by the word of God. Come on, by accepting what he says about me and who he has called me to be right? The promises of God are in the Word of God. I used to think that I was too far gone to do any good, but God said that I have a plan and a purpose for you before you were even born and you are still welcome to it. I used to think that I was damaged goods, but God said you are washed clean by the death of Jesus on the cross. Do you get it? I used to think that I shouldn't be alive, but God said you were born for such a time as this. Do you hear me? The word of God lifted my eyes off of my circumstance to a kingdom perspective and completely changed me from the inside out. And I am absolutely sure that if he did it for me, he will do it for you. I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you. When we read his word with open and humble hearts, we will start to be transformed. We will start to, to, to find the strength. We will find the grace to keep in step with the spirit. 
get into the word. Come on. All right. Point three is get into community. Come on. Hello. Get into church. Let's go. It's proven that the people that you surround yourself with are who you start to become like, right? It's a fact. We all know it. Even outside of church, it's a proven fact. It's like your family, right? I learned in the last four years that it's not actually normal um, to tell your family exactly what you want for your birthday or for Christmas, um, and that's what you get. I thought it was completely normal. Does anyone else do that in their family? Just only a few. Oh, no. Okay. It's not normal. In fact, when I first started dating and marrying Jaden, I asked him for our first Christmas, so, babe, what do you you want for Christmas? I'll just go out and get it for you. and it sparked a discussion, I think is the right word, uh, a long discussion about why it's weird and it's not like the right way to do gifts. And I was like, what? It's the right way to do gifts. Like, what do you mean? Like, this is, <laughs> this is so normal. You're telling me that you just like guess what people want for their birthday and that's what they get. That's so stressful. Like, that is so stressful to me. <laughs> but that's because the way my family did it, so that's the way I did it, right? I'd grown up to know that to be the right way yeah who we spend time with affects the way you do things 1 Corinthians 15 33 says do not be deceived bad company ruins good morals and I'm not saying my parents are bad company um that's leading into my next point my mum's watching I love you so much you raised me so well thank you um (laughs) I had a friend group Um, when I was a teenager, that just really wasn't the best for me. Um, I'd put myself in that situation, so through, it wasn't their fault, it was all me. Um, But I found when I wanted to start changing my habits and changing my ways, I I, I didn't want to give up those friends. Like, it was really hard. Like, they were the friends that, they knew everything about me. I knew everything about them. We did so much life together. I was like, I don't, like, I'll just try and change and stay with these friends because I love them, you know? But I was still so surrounded by them every day, trying to change my way of living, but I was still thinking the same thoughts that they're thinking and doing the same things that they're doing. And I just found that it was exhausting, right? Like it was hard, it was actually impossible. It is impossible. And what I found to be true is that it's easy to fall back into your old ways or your old habits or the flesh, if you like, when you're still surrounded by the same environment. And maybe this is speaking to you tonight, maybe this word is for you, But maybe it's time for an environment change. Maybe it's time to pray for godly friendships that point toward God, that show the fruit of the Spirit within their lives, that can sharpen you. Do you want to know how to find good friends? Look at the fruit of their life. Look at the fruit of their life. Are they showing the fruit of the Spirit within their actions? Are their words matching their actions? Are their actions matching their words? What is going on, you know? Follow the good fruit. Follow the good fruit and that is where you will find good friends. Happens a lot at church. Community is biblical. The early church gathered together in homes to learn to build relationship, to encourage one another, to stir each other's faith up. Paul even says in Hebrews 10.25 to not neglect the gathering together, but instead encourage one another. We weren't made to do life alone. We were made to be in community. 
We long for connection, for intimacy, right? This is why church is so awesome. It is an intentional set-aside time to come together, to worship, to hear more about God's Word, to encourage one another, to stir each other's faith, to have people that can be shoulders to cry on or people to laugh with when things happen. It's where we can discover our purpose. This is what church does. And I would not be where I am today without being in community without being in church. My life trajectory before Oceans was a complete 180, complete 180. I was isolated, I was depressed, I was gripped by fear and it was right where the enemy wanted me. My life was not great, guys. (laughs) My life was not great. I had withdrawn myself to the point of almost no return. I just simply just did not want to live. And fast forward a couple of months, I was invited to come along to a church service and with some friends and I was instantly met with love and acceptance and warmth. Kelsey was one of those people. Oh no. <laughs> I thought there must be something different that they're doing that I'm not. And I need that. I want that. I need that in my life. So I threw myself into whatever was happening at church because I knew deep down within my soul that God was chasing me, but I could not do it on my own. I needed people to speak that over me, right? That God loves me, that He has a purpose for me, that I'm saved by His grace and washed clean by His sacrifice on the cross. I couldn't do that on my own at the time. And yet sometimes we are strong enough to remind ourselves of that. But sometimes we aren't. Sometimes we aren't. And we won't always be either. That's why we were designed to be in community, in relationship with people. Community helps us keep in step with the Spirit. When we have friends that rejoice with us in the triumphs, that correct us when we aren't reflecting the fruit of the Spirit, and who love us despite, despite all of our flaws. That's where we learn to be better in step with the Spirit. Living in step with the Spirit requires sacrifice. Living in the flesh requires sacrifice. It's just about which sacrifice you're willing to choose. We can't have both. To accept one means to reject the other. And it's a choice that we have to continually make day by day. But the thing that I love about God is that He is a God of grace. He is a God of second chances. When we walk out in front, He gently pulls us back. He's a loving Father who only wants good things for His children. Amen. He shows us the way to live that radiates love, that radiates joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the God that He is, and that is what He invites us into. He knows we'll stuff up. He knows it. He designed us. Of course He knows what's going to happen. He knows we'll walk ahead. But, you know, still He says, it's all right. Let's just try again. Let's just try again. His grace knows no bounds. It's endless. Why don't we stand together tonight? As we reflect on keeping in step with the Spirit, I'd love to pray over us as a church individually. There's two things that I want to pray for. One of them 
um, is the potential feeling of guilt or shame when we aren't in step with the Spirit. Those aren't of God. Guilt and shame are not of God. God is a loving Father who guides us in conviction and truth, but never guilt and shame. Never guilt and shame. The second is for the desire to know God's will and the grace to obey and the strength to keep going, to carry on. So why don't we do that tonight? You're welcome to join me with every eye closed and head bowed. I'm just gonna pray over us. Father, I thank you that you're a God of grace, that you love us despite our flaws. But Lord, you welcome us. You invite us into being more like you every single day. You have grace for us, Father. And I just pray for people um, that may be feeling that sense of guilt or shame. This is rising up there, maybe even thinking about things in the forefront of their mind, Lord. We just put that aside. That is not of you, Father. And right now, Holy Spirit, we just pray for peace to settle in their minds. Holy Spirit, would you rest upon every single person in this room? We're not in a rush. We're not in a hurry. But Father, we are here to meet with you. Would you reveal yourself to us today, Father? We just rid the guilt, we rid the shame, Lord, and we just thank you for your beautiful, loving truth and conviction that sets into our hearts, Lord. May we know the difference. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come? Second, Lord, we just pray for that desire to follow your will, to follow your will, Lord. We know that it's hard, but so is living life without you, Father. So we just pray. Lord, would you stir a desire in our hearts to want to become more like you? I thank you that again, that you invite us into that. You, we are welcome to it, Father. And Holy Spirit, we pray for the grace to obey. And I thank you that it's usually after we've taken that step of faith that that grace comes. It's after the step that the grace comes. So Holy Spirit, we just pray for courage for that step. Holy Spirit, courage for that step, Lord to know that you're not gonna call us out and just drop us there, Lord, but you carry us through. If you've called us to it, you'll carry us through it, Lord. We pray for people who feel stuck in the flesh for the Holy Spirit to guide them in a revelation of who He is, of how much God loves you. And highlight, maybe highlight one thing to start off from shifting from or shifting to just one thing. Don't, we're not gonna overwhelm with all these things, but Lord, would you highlight one specific thing? We're not in a hurry on our hearts, Lord, to shift from or shift to, to become more like you, Father. We pray for those who struggle to identify the good from the bad, from the flesh and the spirit. Lord, we pray for that deeper understanding of you, Father, through the word, through prayer, through community, Father. We pray for that deeper understanding and for the discernment to know which way leads to life and which way does not, Lord. We pray for those who are scared to lay down their lives, the, the lives that they had before they knew Jesus. For the strength to trust that God has a brighter plan. God has a better future, a loving future designed for your benefit. But it requires the sacrifice. It requires the submitting under you and being an apprentice of Jesus, letting you lead, Lord. So we just pray for the strength for that, the courage to let go and let God lead, to let God lead. Holy Spirit, we just pray again for people that may be feeling isolated, who don't have a community to belong to, people that are alone, Father. 
Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, would they find a community, whether it is oceans or not. Father, would you be bringing the right people in at the right time to speak encouragement into their lives, Lord, to speak love, your love into their lives, Lord, to know that they have a purpose, that you have called them and anointed them, Lord, that you haven't just designed them for no reason, but they have a specific plan and purpose and that has not changed, Father. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you solidify this, Father? We give everything to you. We give you the glory. We give you the honour, Lord. And we just say we are thankful for you. We're so thankful that you are a God of grace, that you're a God of mercy, that you're a God of love. Lord, it is an honour to live, to try and live up to the way that you live, Father. It is an honour to let you lead us. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.